HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to HRN on tour at Charleston Wine and Food 2022. I'm Dylan Hoyer. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler. Thanks for joining us. Today we are broadcasting live from the heart of the Culinary Village. This episode is made possible thanks to the support of Hickory Nut Gap, builders of community agriculture since 1916. It's just past noon and it is not too early to talk about cocktails or drink cocktails here at the festival. We have here with us Shannon Mustaver, a cocktail consultant, spirits educator, and the author of Tiki Modern Tropical Cocktails. We also have Johnny Caldwell, part one of a two-part team known as the Cocktail Bandits. They manage the self-titled Cocktail Bandits blog and have published the book Holy Spirits, Charleston Culture Through Cocktails. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having us. I'm so distracted by all the people walking around. I'm just like, it's it's happening. It's a festival happening. Can you believe it? Can I, you I even can. believe it? I'm pinching myself. I'm so happy to be back. We are here on the ground, and it feels like, I was saying, like we got off the plane, it felt like we traveled through time. It's like, <laughs> this is a whole other thing going on. It's so exciting to be here. No, uh, thanks for having me. I am a Charleston native, and I like to... I brag about being an original Roper baby. So it's good to be (laughs) back on my stomping grounds, especially now during Charleston Wine and Food on its reboot. It looks very lively. And of course, I always love uh, hanging out with you guys at Heritage Radio. So Shannon, what is it like to kind of come back to your hometown in this context now as a professional, as an educator, as talent for this festival? And what does that mean to you? Well, it's a really good time. You know, it's just really reassuring to see that the hospitality industry has continued in spite of the challenges over the last few years and to see that there's a lot of support for new businesses as well as institutions that we've all enjoyed. So seeing that we're here out strong and I happen to be in a place in my life where, you know, I've got some years under my belt and I've always drawn on my upbringing here in the low country as a source of inspiration. So It just feels really gratifying. During the past two years of the pandemic, I feel like I've seen such a surge of interest and appreciation in cocktail culture and people really leaning into it at home. I mean, what's your perception of how the understanding of cocktails has changed? Oh, can I comment on being in Charleston? Because I'm a local too. (laughs) I am a Charlestonian. I love this place so much. 
And I love that it's in North Charleston because it shows a different side of the city. People usually just come down and they stay on the peninsula. They never venture this far into North Charleston. So I just want to give the festival a pat on their back for just really having people come out and really exploring Charleston and all it has to offer. Like Park Circle is going to be so popping this weekend because of all the people and the hotels that don't normally get touched by the festival are getting that chance. So um, I, I like the progress. Here, here. I don't think we've talked about really today the location change. So, yeah. you know, previously we've been here five other times broadcasting from Marion Square from the heart of downtown. And we're now at Riverfront Park in North Charleston. Just a way different type of venue. We are not in the city at all. This is a place that you deliberately come. The walking around that you do is going to be on site at the festival event here. And there's beautiful park all around us. And then, yeah, Johnny, like you said, like you've got to travel through a lot of neighborhoods to get here. Yeah. So, Shannon, you were telling us right before this that, you know, cocktail culture at home has kept Tiki alive in some ways after you've watched so many bars close during the pandemic. What's your take on that? Yeah, so what I discovered after publishing my book and traveling to promote it is that um, there is a culture or there has been a culture of home bartending amongst tiki enthusiasts that's been alive and well for the better part of 20 to 25 years. And I contend that, you know, it's a really egalitarian uh, cocktail community because the people that are really in the tiki invest so much in their home bars and the spirits that they'll buy. And they're just as knowledgeable and as influential as bartenders working in professional spaces. In fact, when I interact with that crowd, I just feel like we're basically all on the same page. Like everybody's working continuously to come up with new ideas and to understand the classics. So um, I think during the pandemic, it was kind of business as usual for the Tiki people because they were already doing that. But outside of Tiki, you know, I saw, you know, a lot of consumers becoming more spirit savvy more discerning in regards to quality. And now I think the challenge for operators is like, how do we um, give a guest something that they can't make at home? Because I think people have got the classics down pat now. So the question is like, well, how do we elevate this for them given that they have this experience right now? And what's exciting to you about doing Tiki at the highest level? What do you want to share with people about it? So the first and most important message I've already had about it is that it doesn't automatically mean sweet, A. And B, um, the rum category, in my mind, is the most kind of like dazzling, diverse spirits category, almost like wine. You can make it in over 80 countries. There's various approaches to production. I think that there's something for every palate out there. And so what I would love to see is just more rum education and more light shed on that element of it and just getting people to respect the category and feel more comfortable exploring it and enjoying it. With the, with the category of Tiki, can you talk more too about the sort of tactile spatial elements of consuming Tiki and Tiki culture and how that has translated between a bar and a, maybe a home experience for people who are getting into it or, or what does that mean now in this space of coming back together? I mean, Tiki was always about being, you know, transportive and escapist. And, you know, the people I visited have their own home Tiki bars. It's almost like a shrine. 
you know, like some people have shrines in their home and it has like a religious connotation, but in the tiki <laughs> people's houses, it's like they have the bottles and the mugs and different images. Some people go so far as to build out thatch and like I, they go over the top. Like I saw this one bar build out and I was like, you don't have children, do you? Because I can't imagine how you would come up with the money. Like this, this build out was like, you could just open a bar in here. Um, my point is that with the um, tiki culture, it is an immersive experience. It's a lifestyle experience. And, you know, if you don't want to do a build out in your house, at the very least, get a good soundtrack to, you know, give you vibes when you're making drinks. Yeah. See, I think spirits are sacred. I mean, our book is called Holy Spirits. So we definitely have bought into the fact that spirits are something that transcends you. So we've seen that a lot, too. People have full-on revamped their home bars, put mirrors in and lights, and they bought all kind of books like ours and Shannon's so they can really hone in their skills at home, which I really appreciate because I came to the bar as a home bartender. I have a legal background, and I came to bartending by getting a kit offline and just remixing the drinks at my home bar. So when I see people doing that for themselves during the pandemic, during that downtime, I just felt so empowered because we're doing it for y'all, too. Like, I, I could feel that. <laughs> and what do you try to instill people? What do you try to instill in people with your book and with your blog? I mean, what's, like, one thing that every home bartender should definitely be doing? Well, I always say you should have a good quality ginger ale on your bar because you can make a cocktail with ginger ale and anything else. So like bourbon and ginger, gin and ginger, vodka and ginger. That's a simple, easy go-to cocktail that everybody loves. So that's always my go-to tip. But also there's no wrong way to imbibe. Like whatever you like is what you like. If you like your wine with a little bit of ice cubes inside there, no shame, boo. Get your sip on. I'm not going to judge you. I just want you to enjoy yourself and also do it safely and with moderation. So don't be intimidated by, you know, these fancy Manhattans or these crazy Sazeracs. There's a place for that, too. But if you're at home with some friends on your porch, have you a porch pounder? Have you some sweet tea vodka and enjoy yourself? It's got to start with enjoyment. Yes, absolutely. Well, I couldn't agree more. I think that as a, a host, welcoming people into your home, it should be fun. You shouldn't be stressing yourself out. Right. So it's like if it's just as simple as having a good quality mixer and a few bottles that people just kind of assemble their own drink, that's fine. Right. Like you don't need to be going nuts, making syrups, wondering if you got it right. Like just yeah. enjoy it. Get some tinctures going on, too. I mean, that's nice. But, you know, <laughs> I think that people sometimes yeah. tend to overcomplicate things. And this is coming from me. Yeah. The tiki bartender. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes just two ingredients is more than enough. Yeah. I also, so, Johnny, I, I just want to bring up, and especially because we are here with support from Ben's Friends. Um, and if you guys aren't familiar listening at home, um, Ben's Friends is a group that started out locally, but it's a national group for um, sobriety and substance abuse support for folks in the hospitality industry. Um, and I'm curious kind of what you're seeing and excited about. There's so much happening in the non-alcoholic spirits world right now. So um, are you experimenting with non-alcoholic spirits in cocktails and tiki? Like what's going on with that for you? Oh, absolutely. I wish Shanika was here because she is so good about moderation. She'll take months off at a time and really focus on how you can enjoy yourself socially without imbibing on alcohol. So she's all into the kombuchas and the tonics and really getting experimental with teas and juices and just showing that you can be sober at an event with people who are imbibing and still have a good time. There's a place for 
every beverage, whether it's a barbecue or a baby shower, we say there's something that you can imbibe that will add to that experience. So we're definitely seeing the non-alcoholic spirits. There's actually one called Amethyst that's out of South Carolina, um, out of Bluffton, and they make an amazing line of non-alcoholic distilled spirits. Um, and they're flavored and they're fun. And it just gives people an option. Because even on days when, you know, you've been drinking like how we are going to be this weekend, <laughs> come Monday you may want to have a drink that doesn't have any alcohol in it. But you still want to have something that has balance and flavor and nuance to it. So those products give you that. I also want to talk a little bit about community and representation before we conclude. You're both champions of these things in the industry, bringing together women through various initiatives. Before your books, it had also been over a century since a black American bartender had published a cocktail book. So talk to us a little bit about your efforts to make a positive impact in the beverage space and to bring people together in that way. Shannon? Wow, that's deep. I'm super curious about women who tiki, but beyond that as well. Well, I mean, um, women who tiki came about rather organically. A friend of mine set me up with a bar, which is now closed, called Mimi's Diner, and encouraged me to host a pop-up to promote my book. And while I was planning the event with the management of that establishment, I realized that my cocktail collaborator at the time, Danny DeLuna, who goes by Home Bar Girl, lived across the street. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, my home girl is over there, so let's get her involved in making this menu. And then as we were talking about how to make it happen, I thought about an R&D session I did with a colleague the week before at Mother Pearl, where we came up with this really fun cocktail called Warrior Princess which was like kind of about like women's empowerment and just kind of spreading that message that you could use like delicate flavors in the cocktail to, to send like a strong impression. And before I knew it, we had four guest bartenders signed up to do this event. And what I loved about the tone of it was that it just felt very collaborative and friendly. And sometimes industry events can have a, a sceny, kind of slimy feel to it. This had none of that whatsoever. Like the mood and all the guests were just so happy and upbeat. And I was like, I want to see more of this. So we've done maybe 20 activations by this time. And they all just get better and better. And what I love about the process is giving women an opportunity to show off some recipes that maybe they can't run in their normal bar program to give them an opportunity to travel and get that experience of doing a pop-up and also interacting with brands. So for me, it's just like, how can we help each other get better at what we do? And Tanika Reeves just joined us for our tail end here as well. I'd love to hear about how you two work together as a team and how female empowerment is important to what you're doing as well. Hi, thank you guys. And I apologize for my tardiness. You know, wine and food craziness. Um, I think that... Working together is very beneficial because we're able to fill in the cracks of the other person. I love that um, we've known each other so long that we can actually finish each other's sentences. So it's just a level of connection there with me and Johnny. And it's kind of inspiring for other people to see us work together and, it, and to see us work through a lot of challenges, a lot of success, a lot of failures. So I am... Um, very um, proud to have a, 
partner and I really feel like she empowers me when I'm down, when I need that boost. I know I can hit her up and call Johnny and get that motivation. Even today, I know she had my lanyard. So just looking out for the cookout all the time. And that's what I appreciate about, you know, having my business partner. Uh, I, I know you all have a book signing you got to run to. Tell yes. us about what's coming up for you this weekend. If people are tuning in right now, where can they find you? I know you have a lot of events, so let's hear what you got coming up. Oh, my gosh. We're so <laughs> excited because we are hosting the Speed Rack competition this weekend. Woo, 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 woo. Yes. <laughs> yes. For those who don't know, Speed Rack is a female-only competition, and the proceeds support breast cancer awareness. So it's a great cause. It's supporting women who are in mixology, who we all know have a harder time being recognized, especially in competition spaces. The guys always win. So here we got something that we're going to really challenge women to come out and put their best foot forward. So that's on Saturday and Sunday at the main stage, I think at 11? Yes, 11.15. 11.15? Yes, 11.15. So get there early. See us at the stage. We're going to be hype. Cheer the ladies on. Get and here super early because yes. the walk is long. So just get here super early. 20 minutes early. Noted. Yes. Don't and the hip-hop's event, too. Yes, we are hosting, well, emceeing the hip-hop um, events beer day party at the Embassy Suites in Mount Pleasant. So that's going to be from 12 to 2. 12.30 to 2.30, yes, on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And Shannon, you have a stacked couple of days. <laughs> yeah, they're really uh, squeezing the lemon here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> later this afternoon, I'm uh, leading a seminar called Rums with the View, and it's going to be a walkthrough um, iconic hotel serves from the Caribbean that kind of chart the progress of the evolution of the rum cocktail. Really excited for that. Uh Later on, I will be doing a pop-up called Punch Paradise at Foley Beach. And then after that, a, uh, another pop-up at the Low Life Bar with 10 to 1 rum. I'll be back in the village tomorrow morning pouring specials with 10 to 1. And then all bets are off after that. <laughs> I'm going rogue. <laughs> Can't wait to see what you do. I hope, really hope to make it to your pop-up. And uh, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening to HRN's live coverage of Charleston Wine and Food Festival. I'm Dylan Hoyer. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler. Special thanks to Hickory Not Gap for making our coverage possible. We're so grateful to the festival for having HRN back in the Culinary Village for the sixth year running. You can listen to all of our coverage on our podcast, Heritage Radio Network on Tour. Find it on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Shannon, Johnny, Tanika, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. 
Thanks for listening.